I'm Connie Atkinson, and this is Happiness and Inside Job, Episode 10, Processing Negative Emotion. Welcome to Happiness and Inside Job, the podcast for those who are ready to stop hiding behind a mask of indecision and excuses and are ready to drastically upscale everything about their life using Christian values. This podcast is for those who understand happiness is not dependent on anyone around us. Real happiness is found as we understand our thoughts and are willing to part with those that are not leading to desirable results in our life. Anything is possible if we are ready to give up habits that are comfortable and familiar and exchange those for habits that will transform us to become our best future self. Hang on for the ride of your life as we explore how to make those changes one step at a time. This is Happiness, and Inside Job, and I'm your host, Connie Atkinson. Welcome, welcome. I'd like to start off by giving a huge thank you to those of you who are leaving ratings and reviews on my podcast. The more ratings and reviews we get, the more people get to see it. So please keep them coming. Today, I'd like to give a thank you to Heather in Red, who said, Connie is inspiring and motivating. This is a terrific podcast if you want to improve every aspect of your life. Connie shares a wealth of wisdom and insight with energy and compassion. She is a go-getter. She is also a woman of faith and an experienced mother of five almost-grown daughters, so she shares parenting advice that has been thoroughly tested. In one podcast, Connie shared the idea that you become like the people you hang out with. You couldn't do much better than becoming like Connie herself, so I'll be listening. Thank you, thank you, Heather and Red. I hugely appreciate your kind words. I'd also like to give you a quick reminder that if you're not following me on Instagram at Connie Coaching, you're missing out. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast so there's never an episode that you miss. We've got to work together as a team, helping each other navigate our way through this game called life if we're going to be successful. All right, today's subject, we're going to talk about processing negative emotion. When it comes to decorating, I'm a minimalist. When it comes to stuff, I collect memories, not stuff. And stuff in general has very little emotion attached to it for me. When I vacation, I'm not much into souvenirs, but pictures are very important to me. I'd rather spend money trying new food and making memories on adventures rather than on stuff that will be collecting dust and sit on my shelf for years to come. Due to an unfortunate accident the other day, a doll my grandma made for me fell to the tile floor and the porcelain head shattered into many, many pieces. I was emotionally numb when it happened, but when I found the nearest doll hospital and realized even they couldn't repair it, I was devastated. When the sweet woman looked over the fine work my grandma had put into the details of this doll, she gave me a bit of history and told me this doll was made in a class and the mold the head was made from was called the Little Beth. The woman who designed the head used her granddaughter as the inspiration. Every emotion I had choked back until that point came rushing to the surface, and I bawled. I cried, and I cried, and I cried. This sweet woman had no idea my grandma was actually Grandma Beth. And I knew it to be no coincidence. The mold held great sentimental value to my grandma, who left no detail to chance. My higher brain knew this was just a doll, but that made the unfortunate accident no less painful. My pain, or negative emotion, as some like to refer to it, wasn't bad. I loved my sweet grandma, and more importantly, I knew how much she loved me. Sometimes I just miss her. I miss being able to go see her. I miss having her spoil me with a meal out. 
I miss having her talk while I listen. Whatever was important to me was important to her. My sweet grandma had six children, 25 grandchildren, and too many great-grandchildren to count. Yet at her funeral, each child stood and talked about how they knew they were her favorite. She had a talent for loving that I have known by few other people in my life. She was and still is very important, one of my heroes, and I love her with all my heart. Some erroneously believe when we get really good at self-coaching, we shouldn't feel negative emotion. We should be able to talk ourselves into feeling happy all the time. That couldn't be more false. Let's take a look at a couple of my favorite scriptures from the Book of Mormon. The first is found in 2 Nephi 2.25. Adam fell that men might be, and men are, that they might have joy. We want to believe that when we are keeping to the plan, we will be happy all the time. But that is just not the case. Happiness all the time was never part of Christ's plan, and we chose it anyway. In the same chapter, we learn there must needs be opposition in all things. Opposition is the plan. We can't truly know happiness if we don't know sadness. We can't truly know joy without experiencing pain. For Christ to shield us from pain would be for him to shield us from living the full human experience. He loves us way too much to do that. Our job in coaching or in life isn't to avoid everything that isn't rainbows and unicorns per se, but rather to process the pain, learn from it, and use it to become better people. Negative emotion is only a problem if it is driving negative actions or inaction in our life. Let's take a look at how that looks in the model for a minute. The circumstance was, is, my grandma Beth doll is broken. That circumstance is neutral until my brain has a thought about it. If my brain has the thought, it's just a thing or stuff that holds no value, then my feeling is passive and I may neatly clean up the mess and move on with my life as if nothing has happened. That wasn't the thought in my head, though. As I examined the remains, I found her initials, B-H-T, painted on the back of the porcelain head. My brain thought, this is irreplaceable, which drove a feeling of despair and drove me to actions like a whole lot of sobbing. Guess what? That doll cannot be repaired to its original hand-painted form with a little Beth mold that my grandma used, and my result is I'm inconsolable. My brain was right. This is a complete disaster, and my soul was as broken as that doll in that moment. As I sat in my sadness for a minute and questioned why, I came to realizations far more important than the doll being in exactly the form my grandma had made it. The intentional thought I chose was, the doll is broken and it's okay. I had a feeling of gratitude. Have you ever noticed how fantastic gratitude always feels? You cannot feel gratitude and not feel joy. The actions that feeling of gratitude drove for me were to review in my head all the blessings I have. I first focused on what I still have rather than what I lost. I still have the clothes, the doll body, and guess what? When I was undressing the doll in the doll hospital, we found a music box buried under all the clothes. In all these years, I had never discovered the music box she had lovingly sewn into the body. We wound the music box and just listened to the beautiful music for a moment. I cannot tell you the feeling of peace that filled the room as we were still for a moment and just listened and appreciated this thoughtful detail. My list of blessings didn't end there. I am grateful for the example of an amazing grandma in my life. I also cannot overlook the blessing of a sweet lady at the doll hospital who will add her love to that of my grandma's by putting on another beautiful head. 
I am blessed with an amazing aunt and uncle who researched doll hospitals, the blessing of a father who isn't going to give up on gluing the shattered head back together. The result I got was I feel peace. My brain found tons of evidence to support my thought that my doll is broken and it really is okay. I really am okay. I'm more than okay. My blessings far exceed everything even I could see in my moment of grief. Gratitude feels awesome. And after I was able to process my sadness, I was able to settle on the feeling of gratitude after a huge puddle of tears. And it's okay. Don't make yourself wrong for processing pain. Pain only becomes a problem if it drives negative results. In my case, that could have looked like anger towards the poor culprit who sent the doll crashing to the tile floor, or wallowing in self-pity by eating excessive amounts of junk food, or even shopping and spending excessive amounts of money trying to feel better. Instead, I cried. I cried until the tears were all out. My grandma Beth was an integral part of my early life. Feeling pain at my loss is a normal part of living the full human experience. What my grandma would want for me is to get out and live, laugh, make memories, and cherish people. I can only pray that her legacy will continue to live on through me. Opposition is a part of life. It's an intentional part of our mortal existence. Process it. Learn from it. Allow it. And remember, we chose it. Eve fully understood this principle of opposition when she chose to partake of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. She had not yet had the opportunity to feel pain, and she knew it was better for them to pass through sorrow so that they could more fully enjoy the human experience. She also longed to have the blessing of motherhood, which we all know gives us many opportunities to process pain, and she knew that was the only way. She understood, and she chose to experience the pain and the sorrow. Please check out my website, happiness-andinsidejob.com, don't forget the dash, and look at my newest blog post entitled, Feel Your Feelings. I have posted an image containing a huge spectrum of feelings. There's also a chart from Byron Katie with many emotion words. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Really taking a moment to sit with your feeling and to reflect on the thoughts that are creating your feelings, which in turn drive your actions and create your results, it's worth the wrestle to really find the right words to describe those feelings. Sit with it. Understand specifically what it is. Does it feel good? What results does it create for you? I love the idea when we are specific in labeling our emotion, it is easier to walk ourselves through the model. There is so much more to mad. And when we are specific, like I am hurt, it is easier to understand the why and create feelings that serve us and help to propel us forward. The feeling wheel also models for us what we can strive and work towards. As you study the feelings wheel, notice the emotions that feel good to you. What emotions do you want more or less of in your life? Why? Neil A. Maxwell is quoted as saying, one's life cannot be both faith-filled and stress-free. How can you and I really expect to glide naively through life as if to say, Lord, give me experience, but not grief, not sorrow, not pain, not opposition, not betrayal, and certainly not to be forsaken. Keep from me, Lord, all those experience which made thee what thou art. Then let me come and dwell with thee and fully share thy joy." Isn't it interesting? The doll has sat in plain sight for years, barely noticed.
It provided a level of comfort I didn't realize until the chair it once sat in was empty. Just sitting in the pain for a time and processing it allowed me the freedom to let it go. Our brain can create relief the same way it creates pain. Think about that for a minute. That's a lot of power. My good friend recently lost her mother. She served her mother at least three days a week for at least 12 hours at a time. When her mother passed, grief overcame her. She missed her mother. She missed serving her, talking with her, and being in her presence. When her thoughts were about herself and on her loss, the grief was almost unbearable. When her thoughts are on her mother and how she is finally free from the pain of her mortal body, she feels gratitude. She feels gratitude for the deep and meaningful relationship they shared. She cherishes that relationship as one of her most prized possessions. A common theme I encounter in coaching is children and bad choices. One mom said, I know what this will mean for her, meaning her daughter, down the road. I hear everything from my child should clean their room to my child should be in college and everything in between. Consider for a moment, is it possible your child is doing exactly what they should be doing right now? We will definitely do a whole podcast on children and their choices in the future. For now, let me just remind you, there is nothing your child can do or anyone else for that matter that can make you sad, mad, or angry. It is only your thoughts about what they are doing that can create a feeling inside of you. Let's look at that in this model to illustrate my point. Okay, let's pretend the circumstance is my child is 19 and not enrolled in higher education. My thought is I should influence them to go to school. My feeling is disappointed. I I may even feel like a failure as a parent. The actions I take when I'm feeling disappointed or like a failure is that We constantly badger them to get enrolled. We feel like we're helping them, but really we're just nagging them. Maybe we even try to attach some consequences to encourage them to do what we want them to do. These consequences might look like allowing them to pay for their cell phone or their car insurance, maybe even charging them rent or a lease payment on the car that they've been driving. In any case, the result that we get is that we lose all of our influence over them by trying to enforce our plan for their life on them instead of allowing them to use their agency. Our relationship is damaged because we're always trying to fix our kid and our kids resent us because of our nagging ways. Who wants to be nagged and who wants to spend any time with someone they know is going to nag them? All right, here's a really fun little trick we can do with the model. Let's flip it around. What if we play with a new thought just to see where it gets us? The circumstance is the same. Our high school graduate still is not enrolled in higher education. So consider for a minute, what if you could honestly believe the thought, my kid is doing exactly what they are supposed to be doing right now? The feeling, the feeling inside of me would be peace. I would find evidence to support why this is true. Many kids who go to school when they don't want to be there and they're just there to please their parents, they just flunk out. They waste all that tuition money. If my kid's not in school when they don't want to be, at least they're not wasting my money. Maybe they'll even have a job and work at becoming self-sufficient and discovering who they are and making friends, which to that kid may be more important than learning about economics. So remember, our thought in this model is my kid is doing exactly what they are supposed to be doing right now. And the result that we get is that we know that's true because that's exactly what's happening. 
In the intentional model, you are allowing your child the agency to discover who they are and just be themselves. You are loving them for who they are right now instead of trying to force them to live the life plan you have mapped out. And you have a loving relationship with your child. Think with me for a minute. Where has the real growth come from in your life throughout the years? Was it during the times in your life you were coasting along in a perfect life? Was it during the times you felt you were tried beyond everything you felt capable of overcoming? Is it possible your child is doing exactly what they need to in order to prepare them for the rest of their life? Thoughts like, my child should be, insert your favorite verb of choice, creates feelings of disappointment and failure, whereas thoughts like, my kids are doing exactly what they should be right now, creates feelings of peace. The only thing that changed here was your thought, because the circumstance was the same in both scenarios. We do not have the power to make anyone do anything. Consider for a moment, everything you really want is on the other side of the negative emotion you are feeling. Freedom comes through processing the pain and really learning from it. When Christ went to heal Lazarus, Mary and Martha came out and they all cried together. He allowed them to feel grief. He even sat and cried with them as they were able to understand and process their feelings. Then he healed Lazarus. Sometimes loving someone means crying with them and allowing them to understand and process their feelings. Don't judge. Don't make them wrong. Just process and feel together. When you resist the negative emotion, it just gets stronger. Have you noticed if you try to block out negative emotion with retail therapy or binging on your favorite junk food, you've just made the problem worse? Your pain is waiting for you on the other side of your buffer and the effects of your buffer. If you've gone for retail therapy, you've got the debt coupled with your original pain. If you've overeaten, you likely feel as junky as the food you ate. And now you've got to figure out how to get the weight off and you still have your original pain you were hoping to eat away. One of my favorite chick flicks is Confessions of a Shopaholic. She thought she was finding joy in all her clothes and shoes and name brands. But true joy didn't come until she was willing to own up to her mistakes, deal with her problems instead of avoiding them, and got to work making things right one step at a time. Shopping compounded her problems, but didn't fix a single one. Friends, sometimes you just need to cry, and it's okay. We know the human experience will be about 50-50, positive and negative emotion, and there's no emotion we can't handle. Isn't that an empowering thought? Bring on the world. The worst thing that can happen is an emotion, and we can handle any and all of them. The challenge for this week is to head to my website and find the blog post, Feel Your Feelings. Read and ponder each of the emotions. What feelings come up as you contemplate each one? Do you like the way it feels? How can it help you, and how can it hinder you? Make sure you visit my website often because I'm constantly posting new stuff. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram. I post twice daily. It's inspiration intended to help you focus on thoughts that will propel us forward in life rather than keeping us stuck in the quicksand per se. I love you all and I look forward to next week when I will introduce the healthy habit for April. For now, keep going on your organizing projects. You can accomplish big things by investing just 10 minutes a day. And make sure you go to my website at www.happiness-andinsidejob.com. Don't forget the dash.